Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Eddie Quinones. I'm Jake Deemer. And welcome back, Jake. It's been a, it's been a little while since I had a guest. Um, you know, missed the one week, uh, did it last week on my own. I know you were sick for a little while, so hope you're feeling better now. Yeah, I'm feeling better in that regard, but I am feeling worse about my team since that time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's been a rough patch for some for a few teams that started pretty hot. Uh they've tailed off drastically. Um and some teams that started off really slow are starting to pick it back up. Uh, I have just started slow and have been going slow continuously for the entire season, so not too great for me. Yeah, I think I've just come to the realization that my team just sucks. Yeah. We're bad. We are a bad fantasy football team. It's like I just caught some bad breaks because from top to bottom, my team isn't horrible. It, it's just the fact I've had a lot of injuries. Uh, bye weeks have just come at the really bad timing. And it's just, it's been really rough for me on that end. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any of, any of that to fall back on. I just, I just think my team is bad. And yeah. Just, I guess we use the line where uh, the projection for the week, if that's my, if that we just, if we use that for like the over underline for my team, I've hit the under on that all but one week. I'm a I have bad fantasy football team. I think that's how, that's how it's been for me. I think to be honest, the past couple of weeks have been horrible. I mean, I put a one Oh one in the 90 something the week before that, uh, I haven't broke. I mean, I broke 130 week seven, put up 160. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's been slim pickings with games that I'm actually hitting over the projection. So it's been rough. Yeah, I just I can feel it. to, it's time to adjust my expectations to. Uh, yeah, team's just bad. Yeah, Mahomes been bad. Uh, Aaron Jones has not been getting enough. And it's crazy because the value you got. Pat Mahomes, obviously value, put some air quotes on that, still a quarterback in the first round. But for our league, he dropped. So you had you could pick them up at what, eight? Yeah, number eight. Which was a, a great value at the beginning of the year for us, considering obviously Patrick Mahomes was, I think, 1.1 or 1.2 the year before that. And he's just not performing as that 1.8 right now, at least as a quarterback. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough scene over here, but okay. – <laughs> Better starting this week. But yeah, I don't have high hopes. That's some some high hopes. I mean, for me, I'm I'm feeling your pain. I think because for me at the draft, there's either Patrick Mahomes or Dalvin Cook, and neither of them are worth the one point three. <laughs> so it was uh, it would have been a bad decision regardless for me. So trust me, I I feel your pain. So. But yeah. All right. We'll go ahead and jump into some of our main content for the week. So we'll go ahead and do our prior week's recap. Uh, I think this one's probably the most obvious decision that we probably have to make through the entire podcast today. But the biggest upset, what did you have? Yeah, I'm assuming we're going to have the same one because it was Kyron over Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Kyron's team just popped. James Conner, uh, he actually he continued to score touchdowns. But he actually got the yards to go with it this time, and yes. he got a few of those touchdowns. But yeah, he's uh he really popped off. I think that I don't know if that's the highest running back score that we've had this year, but it's got to be pretty close. And then uh, 
Yeah, he's uh, on, on Kevin's side. He didn't really have a too bad of a week. It's just Kyron's team mm-hmm. played so well. Yeah, I mean, he hit the league median, which is unfortunate for him. I mean, he took the loss. Um, but again, Kyron's team just snapped. Uh, obviously, a 40-point game from James Conner helps mm-hmm. tremendously because um, he had some other pieces that just didn't do well. <laughs> Myers had 1.8. Jarvis had 4.1. Kenneth had 6.3. But, uh, yeah, James Conner definitely carried him. And then Sam Darnold had 1.7 points, so. It was uh, without that James Conner push, it wouldn't have helped him. So, yeah, that was a pretty big upset. I was pretty surprised on that. Yeah, I guess the biggest swing there is that Kevin has Chase Edmonds on his team, and he was in his starting lineup. Yeah, Chase Edmonds got hurt. I believe it was on the first drive. Yeah, that's just unfortunate. So we know that Conner would not have. Snapped off like that mm-hmm. had Edmonds been healthy the entire game. Exactly, it would have been a much more. Probably what swung it would have been a, a much closer contest, I think, in 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 that terms. But yeah. All right, and then move on down to our biggest takeaway for the week, and I, I think that for me, it's been pretty consistent for the past couple of weeks. But I think this week, just kind of explaining and showing where the league median was at compared to some of the higher scoring teams and some of our. Or top teams. I think some of those top teams are starting to kind of gain some spacing from those four, five, six teams. Uh, those seeded teams, that one, two, three teams are really starting to kind of separate themselves in terms of, you know, weekly projections and total weekly scoring just in general uh, compared to what the league median is right now. So that's my biggest takeaway. How about you? Uh, my biggest takeaway was in addition to this probably being the weirdest week across the board this season. Not just see, but in the NFL, uh, this was a really weird week for quarterbacks uh, for our fantasy league. Yeah. We only had six because we start, I believe, twenty-four quarterbacks. We only had six that scored over twenty points. Thirteen of our starters scored under fifteen points, and of those thirteen, nine were in single digits. Uh, Matt Ryan was quarterback three, and he didn't have uh, Ridley. Josh Johnson, the Josh Johnson that is the Jets' third-string quarterback, was quarterback four. He outscored both of my quarterbacks, Mahomes and Stafford. He outscored them if you put – like I'm talking we're combining Mahomes and Stafford together. He outscored them. And Stafford, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow were all outscored by Colt McCoy. How weird was this week? That's so weird. I know, that, I know that we say the quarterback has been a pretty relatively safe position. I think just with regards of I, – I would say that we've done a pretty good job with drafting the better backs early, yeah, uh, yeah. especially when we compare it to other positions like running back where that's been a little bit all over the place. I think relatively, we, relatively speaking, we've done pretty well with quarterbacks, but this was just a weird, bizarre week where uh, everything was upside down and Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson were played great and – Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes played badly. And I've, yeah, I've, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been really, it was definitely a super weird week. Uh, and it's something that I, I actually didn't even notice that looking back at it. Now I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, um, that's kind of, 
unbelievable. I had a, obviously I, I knew Joe Burrow dropped under 10. He had 7.3 points, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Pat Mahomes at 10, Matt Stafford at 13, Carr had 10, uh, Josh Allen had 9.5. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, it was a real rough week for the elite quarterbacks. Yes, it was uh, not a very high scoring week. That was interesting. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty crazy. Yeah, one thing I actually noticed too is, speaking of just the biggest takeaways so far, and I'll probably get into a little bit more detail this towards the end of the the uh, this year's podcasts um, towards the end of the season, but just running backs in general this year has been such a weird position. Your top running backs are either getting hurt or just aren't playing or just aren't performing very well. And it's just been such a weird lackluster year for like guaranteed points running backs. Like there, I don't, I don't genuinely feel like there are many running backs in the league right now compared to coming into the season that can guarantee you points compared to what we thought it would be in the beginning of the year. Um, So yeah, super weird right now. I mean, really like the ultimate way that you could say that this has been a weird year for running backs is, uh, Cordero Patterson is running back seven right now. Who would have seen that coming? Absolutely nobody. JC would probably tell us he did, but he did not. That was just a luck of the draw type thing right there. So, but yeah. All right. Well, moving on with that, we'll go ahead and go to our top three standings updates. So no change from last week. Uh, Top three have stayed the same. Uh, Records still pretty close to each other but we have scott the thundercats at 15 and 3 number one jc uh scooby and the gang at 14 and 4 and then nate otis and the bell cows at 12 and 6 like i said before those three guys are probably going to stay cemented uh in the top three there um they'll probably just try to battle each other out to see who gets the buy and who doesn't so but yeah you got anything uh, anything else to add for that no, I think they're locked in. The more interesting question at this point, I think it's just who gets the last playoff spot. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll definitely be be a fun one to watch and, and experience because right now at four, five, and six, I'm going to take a quick look uh, to see exactly who's there, but it, it's pretty close. We have some people who are tied in that, in that area, four, five, six, and seven. We'll just look in that area. Ten and eight. From four to six, fourth, fifth, and sixth place are all 10 and eight. And that's Sean, Damon, and Kevin. You have Nick right outside of that at nine and nine. And then the eighth and ninth place teams, who are yourself and Lucas, are seven and 11. Um, even Michael is touching on that door. Obviously, he'd need a pretty big swing. Um, but the seven and 11 teams, I wouldn't count them completely out. Um, obviously their teams have not performed very great in the past few weeks. So they would, they would need some help, but Kevin's team hasn't been doing too great. Obviously he got unlucky this past week with the matchup against Kyron. So he split it one and one, um, Nick's team has kind of been eh. uh, so yeah, like, like you just said, I think that whoever gets that last place seat is, it'll definitely be a fun race from here to the end of the year. Um, and last year, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you get screwed out of the playoffs last year? Oh, let me tell you, I <laughs> played on spot last year, and it's because yeah. of ESPN's fault. 
Yeah. Because of ESPN, because there I had the tiebreaker, but I didn't have the tiebreaker at the same time. It was very confusing. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, I was I ESPN had me in the playoffs because they projected on. You know they have those finals. Mm-hmm. For yeah. They had me projected to finish sixth, which would be in the playoffs. Yes. I the next day I am out of the playoffs, and now if I'm out of the playoffs, I'm incapable of finishing sixth. How does this happen? I don't understand. I was very upset. Yeah, that's it's very frustrating. I was so upset. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully it, it well not hopefully it's not gonna happen this year. It's not gonna happen this year because I had a bad team last year. I had a good team. I just got screwed. You just got screwed. Yep. It was a conspiracy against me, probably by ESPN because I was le- You know what? That's what it was because I was I was leaving. I was moving our baseball league from ESPN. To- mm. I was moving yep. platforms in that league. And they must have caught wind of it and decided to screw me out of the playoff spot. As rest- yeah. I'm glad we talked throughout because now I know it was their fault. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. They're like, he's leaving us, so we're just going to screw him out of the playoffs. He's not going to make any money, and that's just going to be it. Yeah, I was so excited too that night because I needed to. I needed to beat you, and it came. It came right down to the wire. Yes, and there was like a 20 yard Travis Kelsey over the middle catch in garbage time and that's what that's what pushed me over the edge that's what pushed my team mm-hmm. into the what i thought was into the playoffs yeah that was unfortunate yeah. i can't believe in thinking back at it now it's like yeah i made the playoffs last year and i'm sitting here in 11th place right now that was that so yeah it's very unfortunate for your situation last year uh hopefully nobody goes into the final week uh, in that situation or going into the playoffs in that situation again, because that was uh, that was extremely unfortunate for you. Yeah, I would not wish that on anybody. <laughs> yeah, no. I went to bed thinking I was in the playoffs and feeling very excited. I mean, Nate and I spoke highly of your team on the podcast the night before. We were I was, like, oh, I was on the podcast because <laughs> we thought I was in the playoffs. We, yeah, We picked uh, a winner from mine and Nate's theoretical playoff matchup. Yeah, that's uh, extremely uh, unfortunate. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to move on from there. Uh, we're gonna have to move on. All right, for our next section, we have our matchup previews for this upcoming week. I think this matchup, probably synonymous throughout the entire league, is probably the best matchup. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and lead it off, and I'm gonna go with uh, JC Scooby and the Gang versus Scott. Obviously, two of the top teams in the league right now facing off against each other. Um, and it'll actually, depending on how everything pans out, it'll actually have some implications on the standings. Um, if JC were to win this and get the league median, he'd go up to 16 and four. If Scott were to lose the head to head and still get the league median, he'd be tied at 16 and four. Obviously, the points four would make the it's what really is going to make the biggest difference. So I think JC needs to hope for Scott to have a bad week, go 0-2 against the league median and head-to-head, and JC go 2-0 and to jump over him and take sole possession of first place. Um, on the other hand, Nate sitting at 12-6. and If JC were to go 0-2 against Scott, Scott goes 2-0, and and Nate were to go 2-0, and Nate would leapfrog JC into that second place, and JC would drop down to third. Um, so this is my best matchup so far, not only because it's two of the best teams in the league right now, um, 
just because it'll have some some playoff implications. And I think that's really this is really one of the first matchups that really has some implications towards the top of that uh, our standings brackets. So, what do you have? Yeah, I have the same one. I think this is probably the correct uh, decision here for which one has the which one is the best matchup. Uh, not only because of the implications, but also this has the highest projected total out of any of our matchups and also the closest spread uh, in terms of the projection. Well, but like you said, this is our two, probably our two top teams right now, just in terms of record. I know that Nate's hanging around there. Yeah. So the implications are real. Whoever loses this probably is in a tougher position. Well, they are in a tougher position to uh, get the buy, which is extremely, extremely important. Um, getting a buy, getting a buy and not having to play that first week. Uh, that could, that could be huge. So yeah, this one's definitely the top, definitely the best matchup, highest projected total, closest projected spread. Uh, yeah. I expect this to be a real good one. Hopefully uh, Kyler Murray plays. I don't know if that's guaranteed or not yet, but hopefully he plays and this can be an even closer one. Yeah. I had another one that I really I wanted, wanted to, to, to be closer. Um, uh, and that's Sean versus Nate. Uh, this also has some implications. If Sean were to pull off the upset here, um, Sean only being two games behind Nate, if he were to win this head-to-head matchup, they would be tied at 12 and six. That's assuming that Nate were to not hit the league median or the head-to-head win. Highly unlikely he's probably going to hit one of the above. Um, but this does have some shakeup in that middle area with that four, five, and six seed, even with seven at Nick. Um, Nick finds a way to get a nice win this week. Uh, he he can kind of leapfrog Damon, Sean, uh, or Kevin and, and jump up into kind of that four or five area, just depending on really what happens. He's sitting at seven. Um, but this this matchup between Nate and Sean does have some implications with that four, five, six area. So it'll definitely that'll be a fun one to watch. Not as close of a matchup. I think it's gonna it's gonna lean towards Nate's direction pretty heavily, but should have should be fun to watch it. So, yeah, this was this also would have been my uh, honorable mention, but uh, Sean's pretty beat up right now. He's yeah. as cooks on by uh, his best player, Derek Henry. Obviously, he's out, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. We don't know if he's going to play this week or not. Yeah, I know ESPN has him listed as out, uh, but I know a few other leagues like Sleeper has him as questionable because. Aaron Rodgers himself came out and said that there's a high chance he does play. He said there's a very tiny chance something were to happen that he doesn't play. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think he'll probably still end up playing. I don't see why not. But yeah, he's got some guys banged up on his team, and he's got some bye weeks that that hurt him a little bit. So I would love for this to be a lot closer because I think it'd have been a fun matchup. But unfortunately, I think Nate's just a little too far ahead. All right. All right, what are your things to watch for this upcoming week? I think the thing to watch for now and going forward is uh, we've had a couple more COVID outbreaks on teams. Uh, I believe the Giants dealt with one earlier, and that didn't end up being a huge deal. But yeah. uh, the Packers with Rodgers, they had they just had Rodgers miss a game. I know that uh, Devontae Adams missed a game earlier. Uh, I'm hoping that we don't see this more often, but – these are always, I feel like these are always worse because I know that we can say that injuries at practice and all that stuff sort of comes out of nowhere, but usually you hear something about it beforehand. 
you legit have no warning when a guy tests positive for COVID. There's no warning. It's just boom, he's out. Uh, and then that's it. We just saw that with uh, Nick Chubb, too. Yeah. That one hurts me in multiple leagues. So it's super sad. Yeah. So I, I think the things like that, um, they can be pretty big swings. Okay. So Chubb's out, right? So that's a big, that's a big deal for, uh, for Nate. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have Chubb's backup. Kyron does. So that now Kyron just gains a running, a starting running back this week. Nate loses one. It's the swings like that are pretty big, especially for a non quarterback where they're not entitled to the backup. Uh, you're just, you're just really, you're really just stuck and it can, it can kind of happen without warning. So I'm hoping that there's not, not really any more of these going forward, but I, I think that this will be something that has a wider impact on our fantasy league and really any fantasy league going forward. Yeah, it'll, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. I've seen it make some, some big changes and swings in, in a bunch of my other leagues. I mean, I have Chubb in three of my other leagues. Um, and it's just extremely unfortunate. Like I can't, can't use them. I, there was no precursor. Like you just mentioned, it was just got a notification on my phone saying Chubb's out. I'm like, uh, okay. So. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I guess just like a direct swing this week for me in another league is I'm playing the guy who has Nick Chubb. Yeah. Dearness Johnson on my team. So that's a pretty tough pill to swallow for the Chubb owner there. Yeah. That's a, a tough one for sure. All right. Well, that being said, we'll go ahead and move on down to our matchup predictions for this upcoming week. Um, so starting off at the very top, I have myself versus Kevin. So Randy Marsh versus Juan Decimo. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Randy Marsh takes this one. Kevin, my team's just not in a place to compete. Uh, we just don't have the facilities for it right now. So I'm, I'm going to go with Randy. Who do you got? Yeah, I have the I have the same the same pick. Uh, Joe Burrow being out hurts. Yeah. Um, having to start the quarterback duo of Mayfield and Lawrence doesn't doesn't inspire too much. <laughs> and uh, I you you do have a lot of players on by this week. Yes, my entire bench is full. <laughs> I, yeah, I know that. I know that. Uh, I know that Kevin is without Barkley and Booker, like that duo, and I know he also does not have Chase Edmonds. But uh, I still feel more confident, I think, in his team overall this week. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving next, we have. The Thundercats versus Scooby and the gang. This one was a fun one for me to look at and, and pick and, and figure out who I think is going to win this matchup. Um, but I think it just came down to looking down at, you know, what players are not on bye week um, and who's available for the teams. And I, I'm going to have to go with JC. He's got most of his go-to guys available, um, except for maybe one or two, uh, where – Scott, even though he's projected to put up almost 160 points, he doesn't have Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, uh, two two of his kind of bigger guys. So I, I think we'll see that difference somewhere. He's, he's plugged in Freeman as in his RB2, uh, which can be a little bit questionable. So I think I'm going to go with JC on this one. What you got? Yeah, I'm going to pick JC too. The biggest, I think, 
I would still consider taking Scott here. Uh, if I knew that Kyler Murray was fully healthy, uh, he's not. And that being said, I, even if he does play, which I do believe he is supposed to play, yeah, I think he's going to be hindered a little bit. I don't know that I can expect a real boom week for Kyler Murray, um, especially against Carolina, because I fully expect the um, Arizona to just absolutely roll them. Yeah, and uh, I don't think that Kyler will be asked to do too much. So I'm, I'm going to go with JC here, but I do think this is very close. And uh, really, I think Kyler being uh, being injured is what does it for me. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, especially with Kyler, with it being a, an ankle injury, um, he's a mobile quarterback. He uses his legs a lot to, to extend the plays and make some plays and get him some additional fantasy points. Um, with that ankle injury, I think it'll somewhat hinder him a little bit to be able to, to make some of those plays. And again, they probably aren't going to throw the ball too much. Uh, they're probably going to run the ball a decent amount. In my opinion, the uh, Carolina is really good against the pass defense, not so great against the run defense. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm going to go with that one. All right, next we have Otis and the Bell Cows versus the Football Heads. Who do you have on this one? I'm going with Nate here. Uh, Sean, I just think is too beat up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, bunch of question marks. Not sure who's going to play. He's missing Brandon Cooks. Missing Derrick Henry is pretty tough. And, and then Nate, his quarterback duo, probably one of the top duos it, in the league, obviously both of his quarterbacks missed a few weeks, uh, a couple weeks just in general. So in terms of standings right now and position rankings, they don't look the greatest, but we know who they are. Obviously Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. Um, he's had a couple players on his team, just really turning around JT at the number two running back of the year right now. Um, so yeah, and with the, with the recent acquisition of Amari Cooper, I just think it's going to get better for him. So yeah, I'm going to go with Nate on this one. All right, we next have yourself versus Nick. Who do you have on this one? Uh, as I said before, my team sucks. Uh, I will probably under, I will probably underperform my projection again, and I think that Nick will top 150 points. So I think that gives him a pretty good chance to win. Nick actually has the highest projected total this week, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little bit surprising. But, yeah, I, I am not expecting – a win this week. Yeah, I, I think it helps his projection when Josh Allen's projected almost 30 points and uh, CMC coming back. It's projected uh, about 21 points. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm also going to have to go with Nick on this one. His team is, has made some, some big turnarounds, and he held McCaffrey, and McCaffrey's back now. So I think that's going to be a, a big plus for him. So I'm also going to have to go with him. Next, we have Gods of the Super Saiyans versus the Rickus Rick. So Mike versus Damon. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Damon on this one. Mike's team is uh, extremely beat up. Tua is not playing this week. Um, his kicker's out. It's just a lot of uh, question marks on Mike had, Mike's end here. Um, he might break 100 this week. Who knows? And then, obviously, Damon has got a pretty much full lineup. He's got a couple players questionable, but nothing really too concerning. So I'm going to have to go with Damon on this one. How about you? 
Yeah, I'm in the same I have this kind of the same mindset here. I'm also going with Damon. Mike's team is just health wise is kind of in shambles right now. Yeah. Two is probably not going to play. Uh, Zeke is questionable. I know he's expected to play. Antonio Gibson has, for whatever reason, looked like the third string running back on Washington the last time he played. I know he's had a bye week, but that shin issue is still obviously a problem for him. And and uh, he also gets Tampa Bay. Yeah. They are very tough against the run. Gronkowski's not supposed to not supposed to play this week either. Yeah. It's so bad that his kicker has the out designation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 tough to it's tough to win when like your entire starting lineup is hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's either they're hurt, they have question marks, you don't know if they're gonna play. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's gonna it's be tough a tough to win that way. Oh yeah. All right. And then last but not least, uh, we have Hugh Neutron versus Rolf Boy. And I actually I'm gonna go with Kyron's team here. Um it's just Lucas's team has not done very well the past like two to three weeks. I mean, he's put up 93 points, 109 points, 106 points, 130. Um, he just hasn't really been doing as well as he started off. Uh, he started off super hot and has just completely tailed off. Obviously, Kyron with the 160 last week, he also hasn't been doing extremely hot. I mean, he put up 130, 120, 95, and then last week's 160. But uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Kyron on this one. How about you? Uh, I'll go on the other side. I'll go with Lucas here just because I, I don't I don't think we expect James Conner to put up 40 points. 40 points. Yeah. Although having Dearness Johnson, that'll help because he'll be the starter this week. I am not sure. I think the Patriots will be able to will be able to because I think that they'll know that the Browns will want to run even with Dearness Johnson and that they'll kind of key in on stopping that rather than uh, the passing attack. But yeah, I'm going to go with um, – and now this is also assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back because if he's not, uh, that kind of nerfs Devontae Adams mm-hmm. if, if Rodgers doesn't play. But I'm assuming Rodgers plays here, so yeah. this will be, I think, back to back to himself. And I also want, I want to say that the, the X factor here, uh, Terry McLaurin, because the, the way to attack – and I guess Taylor Heineke too – the way to attack the Bucks is through the air and the uh, the – Washington football team is more likely than not going to be chasing points all day. So I do expect a lot of pass attempts from them. And uh, that Bucks secondary is real beat up. So I think McLaurin is a big day. Yeah, I agree. I also think uh, he just got pulled in. Uh, Logan Thomas is supposed to be back um, this upcoming week. So you have him. I think he'll probably get some targets as well. Uh, The Bucks don't do very well against tight ends. So We'll kind of see if that takes away from from McLaurin at all. Obviously, it'll benefit Heineke the entire time, but we'll just see. So, yeah, I think that'll be a pretty fun matchup to watch this week. All right. Moving on to our trade recap section. Uh, Not a lot of trades this week. Obviously, last week we had like 15 or something crazy. Obviously, I was catching up a little bit for about a week and a half missed, but – this week, all we have is Tyrod Taylor and Amari Cooper. Uh, Otis in the Belk House, sorry, acquires Tyrod Taylor and Amari Cooper from Gods of the Super Saiyans for Daniel Jones and Chase Claypool. Um, obviously, I think Amari Cooper is probably the highlight here. Uh, after that, it's probably Daniel Jones. 
Tyrod Taylor and Chase Claypool are just kind of like, eh, whatever. I think they were just thrown into that trade to kind of make some ends meet for the most part. Um, but I don't hate this trade. Uh, it's a need for a need. I, I, I do think that Nate probably got the better end of it, considering he doesn't need Tyrod Taylor and he's just going to drop him as soon as he picked them up. So he traded Daniel Jones for some value who he was going to release anyways. So. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it too. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not really a huge Claypool fan. I know that I know that some analysts are real high on him while others aren't, but mm-hmm. for me personally, I, I, I think that he's kind of hindered by Roethlisberger's style of play at this point. Yeah. Uh, he needs kind of the, he's not going to be the short yardage guy. He's really never been that kind of that kind of player. And uh, with Juju gone, I, I know that he played well earlier in the year, but I think that with that role really just opens it up more for guys like Fryermuth than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not real high on Claypool. I'm not Cooper. I think is more hit and miss than people realize. But still, he's probably he's definitely the the best player in this trade. And honestly, Daniel Jones does nothing for me. I know that, I know yeah. that you're a Giants fan. I am not, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. Yeah. That's a, it was one of those things that while he is a top 16 quarterback, it's not anything tremendous. I mean, he put up a horrible game last week, even though the Giants won that game. I was there. It was great. It was awesome. He didn't play a tremendous game, but in general, just going to say it was a great game. Uh, but in terms of what Dana Jones did, he did absolutely nothing. He threw for like 100 yards, uh, touchdown and interception. He had eight points. So, yeah, I think uh, the swap here just it wasn't really – it was kind of like whatever at the quarterback position. I think Tyrod will probably have the same floor as Daniel Jones for the rest of the year and a similar ceiling. So, Yeah, I guess for me it's it, – there's not – I don't really see much of a difference, honestly, between Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So I definitely don't think it, I, I, and I definitely see a difference between Cooper and Claypool. So that's, yeah, I fall on that side of it. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. I, it was one of those things where like, I don't, I don't see enough value in Daniel Jones to trade away Tyrod Taylor, Taylor and Amari Cooper and then bring in Chase Claypool. Um, I like, I see the ceiling with Daniel Jones might be a little higher. It might be one of those things where he's just looking for a boomer bust type of quarterback that when they're, when they boom, it'll be really good. Um, where Tyrod Taylor's, I don't see his boom being as well as Daniel Jones's boom. So I can see where both sides are coming from here. But again, I, I'm going to lean more towards Nate on this side on this trade. So, but yeah. That was our trade recap section. Again, just one trade for the week. Nothing really too crazy. Uh, probably expect some heavy trading this upcoming week after this week. Um, and then again, probably another week before uh, the trade deadline. I mean, last time I said I expected heavy trades, there was like 15 trades the week after. So um, we'll see how that how that goes this upcoming week. you have any expectations for trades this upcoming week or – yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, I know that uh, Mike is inching closer to the spot where he's not allowed to trade anymore, so he needs to get them in like now. Yeah. So I'm sure that we'll have a lot before next week, and I know that a lot of other teams are kind of like I know that I myself am getting closer to that point. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, I'm two losses away from being cut out for the end of the year, so uh, 
Yeah, I'm so it's a, it's kind of it's go time right now for a lot of the teams that are close to being eliminated. Yeah, one one of the ways that I've been looking at it is uh, very slim to zero chance. There's probably a three percent chance, and that's generous for me to make the playoffs. Um, and when I'm looking at trades at this point, it's it's really one of those things where I'm I just don't know if the benefit on my end is enough to give somebody else a piece from my team. That's great. Yeah, I guess like I, the way that I would think about it is like this. Like I know that my team is close to being eliminated, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to help you in your play. Yeah, may win a championship. For the sake of, <laughs> of making a trade. Like I'm not in the yeah. I'm not in the business of padding your team just because mine is, just because mine is garbage. I agree. I, that's how I've been. I've had a few people reach out to me, obviously over the past couple of weeks, because I've been trying to move Dalvin and and whatnot, just because. You know, I'm trying to see if I can gain some a little bit of extra somewhere else without giving up too much. Um, and it's just I'm not I'm not trying to make the rich richer here. I, if I'm going to make a trade, it's going to be even or as even as it can possibly be. I'm not making your team any better. So. But yeah, I can I can lose I can lose either way. So Exactly. It's like it's not really a win win in any type of way for me at the end of the day, because it's most likely I'm going to lose, lose. So, but yeah, that's a, it's an unfortunate spot to be in. And it's unfortunate because <laughs> I, I like to trade, but when it comes to this point in this late in the season, and I mean, you have to be a little bit realistic with yourself and realize, okay, there aren't very many moves that I can make here that are going to really catapult me. So, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our news and notes section, uh, some news came out today. I was actually very excited about this news. Uh, Cam Newton is going back to the Panthers. Um, like I mentioned in the group chat, I don't think in terms of fantasy, I'm not sure it's going to have that much of an impact on the entire team, I think. But just me as a football fan and me as a Cam Newton fan, it was pretty exciting to see him go back to the Panthers. Um, but with the fantasy outlook, you know, what do you think his fantasy outlook is going to be for the rest of the year? Uh, do you think that, Maybe they bring him back again next year, depending on how he plays for the remainder of the year. Um, and what kind of impact does this have to everybody else on the team? I think if uh, if they bring him back for next year, that's probably a mistake because they – I don't know that Matt Rule can do that because, like, he needs to find his quarterback of the future. And I don't think that Cam Newton is that. Like, they've pushed it off long enough. They had plenty of opportunities to draft a quarterback, but they instead opted to go with Sam Darnold and trade away draft capital to make that happen instead of just drafting a quarterback. Uh, But for Cam Newton in in particular, like, it can't be any worse than Sam Darnold. So I I think that that could really only be a plus for the the players around him. Um, Thinking, like, DJ Moore might – be a little might he might see a little bit of an uptick I mean I don't I don't think that Cam Newton is going to come in and be an elite quarterback he was bad last year just to kind of call it like it is like he was not a good quarterback last year but and uh but really you, you can't get any worse than what Sam Darnold was doing he wasn't topping 200 yards in any of his games multiple picks only throwing for like one interception to- or one uh, touchdown tops uh Maybe we see Robbie Anderson come back to life, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Uh, I, I guess what I guess overall, like the there's nowhere to go but up for the the rest of the Panthers. Uh, 
Uh, as far as Cam Newton being a fantasy asset, though, I'm, I'm not, I don't really have very high hopes for him. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a, uh, a bi-week quarterback if you're really hurting that bad because there's some better options out there. But uh, if you're hurting that bad and you need a backup, I think he's probably the guy that's going to be there for some people during the bye weeks and everything. So, yeah, I don't I don't expect his value to go up too much. Um, I do think that they'll bring him back. I just don't know if they'll bring him back as a starter or as a backup. Obviously, Cam Newton's going to want to be a, a starter, but he's getting to the point in his career where he knows nobody's really going to want to start him. Um, See, I guess the reason I wouldn't – for the reason I don't think they should bring him back, if, assuming that they draft someone – I don't know that you want to have that option because I feel like if that if the rookie quarterback has a couple of bad games, suddenly people are going to be like, let's, let's, put Cam in. Newton. let's put Cam in. Yeah. And I think that could really only be damaging to a, another, like a young quarterback. Yep. Be, I think it also has a lot franchise. to do with who they bring in. Uh, let's say if they yeah. bring in a guy who's a scrambler, very similar to Cam Newton. I think that's very great for that individual to learn from Cam Newton. Obviously, Cam's not the man he used to be, but probably mentally and in his head um, when talking about the game of football and his knowledge of the game is tremendous regardless. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I I do expect them to maybe bring him back on a minimum. Uh, If anything, Cam retires after this year as a Panther and he leaves it at that. I don't see that coming, but it's an option. Yeah, the the Panthers just need to really they really just need to draft a quarterback. They tried it. They tried to have a stopgap with Teddy Bridgewater. That didn't work. They traded away draft capital from that to get Sam Darnold. They, they just they need to try to fix that position long term and not just yeah. days over it because the rest of the team is super talented. Their defense is tremendous. They have uh, they have DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Like you even have Robbie Anderson, who I don't think is being utilized enough on that offense. I think Robbie Anderson is a great wide receiver. Um, but yeah, just... Ro- Robbie Anderson, the fact that he is so uninvolved and has been this bad this year, I, it's really, it's really just, it's unbelievable how far he's fallen. Yeah, because he was very fantasy relevant last year, but yeah, with the, he was with the Jets last year and he did very no he was with the, he was with the panthers last year was it with the Panthers? i thought it was with the jets yeah. last year or was that two years ago i was uh i think it was two years ago like the last couple weeks for the over the over the last two weeks for robbie anderson i guess i could even go back even further uh so week five two receptions 30 yards on seven targets week six three receptions 11 yards on 11 targets and then week seven, he has three receptions for 14 yards on nine targets. And then these last two weeks, totally uninvolved, zero receptions, one target, and uh, one reception for two yards on three targets this past week. Yeah, not involved. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable how bad he's been. But I, I will say in regards to Sam Darnold, uh, maybe we were too hard on Adam Gase for ruining Sam Darnold. Like maybe Sam Darnold just, just sucks. Was just a really <laughs> bad quarterback to begin with. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a Jets thing. I think. Yeah. Just like I know general. that I know that everybody was saying how was saying how uh, Adam Gase is is just the worst for fantasy and how bad that was. But like maybe it was actually Sam Darnold's fault. Yeah, he's just not very good. I mean, the first five weeks, 
Sam Darnold, or first four weeks, whatever it was, he came out and he looked like he was going to be top 10 fantasy quarterback for the entire year, and he was going to blow the lights off of everyone. They looked great. And then he just absolutely just declined. Like, it was like the hardest decline possible, and it was just really bad for him. So yeah, I think that I think we were kind of fooled by the yes production because that honestly that was never gonna that was never gonna stick like it's not sustainable. Sam Darnold was not, is not the athlete that is going to be uh, running for thirty plus yards and scoring he, three he rushing touchdowns five, a game. Yeah, he scored five <laughs> rushing touchdowns yeah. in the first four weeks. Like that was never gonna happen. That was sustainable. I don't know. I think we were kind of we were fooled by that. I think we were hoping yeah. that it was like you want to see Sam do well. You know what I mean? Like he did so yeah. bad. Like you can only hope better for him. And it just it wasn't happening with him at all. He's just he's just bad. Yeah, he's just a bad quarterback. It's it's over. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I, you know what, Sam Darnold? If you're hearing this, highly unlikely. Use this as a motivation to not be so bad. Because you said yeah, use, use this fantasy football league podcast as a as motivation. As motivation. So when you win your, your MVP three years from now, you play this clip back, and we're sitting yeah. at home looking stupid. Yeah, so. you can play it at your press conference and be like, "These two people doubted me. Doubted me. These two random guys absolutely <laughs> doubted me." So, but no. Yeah. To be fair, though, it's not just two random guys. It's doubt. most it's of the millions of people <laughs> across America are probably doubting. Me yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, Truly unfortunate for him, but he sucks. So moving on from Sam Darnold sucking, going over to Dalvin Cook. Obviously, some news came out with some legal issues for him uh, earlier this week. Uh, do you expect any of that stuff to hinder him for the remainder of the year? Do you do you expect him to continue to play? Um, obviously, the severity of everything hasn't fully come out yet. Obviously, it's at its worst. It could be bad and he could be ineligible for the rest of the season. Um so what do you expect? Do you think he'll kind of be hindered somewhat for the re- remainder of the year? I, I don't think so, but I really, I really don't know. Like they, they haven't done anything with Deshaun Watson and his ongoing legal troubles. So I don't know that I could really expect them to do anything here. Yeah. I, like I tell that everything is actually settled in court. I don't know. I don't really know what they do. I agree. I think, uh, just kind of comparing it again to the Deshaun Watson situation. I know that the league deems him ineligible every week. Like he's not eligible to play. And if the, um, if the Texans do play him, then he gets a suspension. So I know that's how they're dealing with his situation. I don't know. Obviously Dalvin's is a little bit different because there's reports saying that he's the victim. There's reports saying that he victimized somebody else. And so it's, it's a little murky of a situation, um, I think that he'll probably play as much as he possibly can for the next few weeks. But I think once the end of the year starts rolling around, I think we'll probably see him start drifting away from fantasy relevance to kind of deal with some of those issues. So, Well, I think that this sort of, to me, this sort of feels like an off season thing where this will get taken yeah. in the off season and we'll know for net for next year. I think that's when the question of whether uh, a suspension comes out of it or not. I think that's more in play for next year rather yeah. than this year. Something about the Sean Watson situation. I was not under the impression that I didn't think that it was ever confirmed that the NFL would suspend him if yeah. someone tried to play him. Because if that's the case, why was that, why was anyone trying to trade for him next year about trading for him? 
Was it for next year? Yeah. Then they weren't playing them this that year. That never made a whole lot of sense to me. Why yeah. you risk so many they were the Texans are at are were asking for multiple first round picks in addition to young players and whatever else they wanted. But there has to be some type of inside news within the NFL with people knowing like, okay, maybe the situation is not going to hinder him as much legally. And, I, and that's ended up, that ended up why the, the dolphins actually didn't make the deal because there was too much uncertainty with his legal issues. They were looking for more clarity. Um, and there was a report that came out that said, you know, the reason that they didn't make this deal is because they just didn't have enough legal clarity on his situation to make the deal and feel okay with giving up so much, so many assets for him. So with, with how bad the charges are against him and with how much you would have to give up to get him, I don't under, I don't know why any team would try to acquire him until all this stuff is resolved one way or the other until you know for certain the outcome of the situation. I don't know why anyone would even try. I agree. It didn't make much sense to me. I'm like, why would you get rid of Tua, who's relevant right now? Bring in Deshaun Watson, who you can't play till next year anyways, because there was a report that came out um, that he he wasn't explicitly put on a, on a... He was put on a list that was like a do not play list. Like, he cannot play. But that was it. Like, there was no, like, suspensions or anything mentioned. But if he did play, the only part of the suspension that was mentioned was if they did try to play him or they activated him, that's when he would incur a suspension. And then he definitely wouldn't be able to play. Um, so I think the NFL is treating it as like a week-to-week thing. Say if his, his lawsuit stuff gets cleared up within the next two weeks, then he's eligible to play because he doesn't have a suspension. It's more of like a week-to-week thing. So It just seems like the NFL's policy on these issues is just to sort of push it off, yeah. do anything until they have to. Because like if, if you check with an ESPN, his his status gets updated every week. Like he goes from healthy to out at the end of the week because he's obviously not playing, and then he goes back to healthy, and then it goes back to out. It's like a week to week thing because he doesn't have an actual suspension or anything. So yeah. yeah. All right. Finally, coming up, um, spoke about this a little earlier in the week in the group chat uh, with some with some stuff swirling around towards the end of last week as well. But Odell has been released. From the Browns, he cleared the waivers. He is a free agent right now. Uh, one, I'm going to start off with, where do you expect him to go? Uh, I've heard Saints, Chiefs, or Packers are the three biggest landing spots that people have speculated about. Uh, I don't really know which of the three he'll land on. He'll land with, if at all. Uh, I guess I guess if I had to pick one, probably the Packers. But. I would love for him to go to the Packers. That'd be great. But yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't know one way or the other. I think the biggest thing with the Packers for me is like their whole uncertainty after this year with like Rogers not knowing if he's going to stay and Devontae not having a long term deal. Like, okay, he he'll play for this year, maybe with the Packers till the end of the year, but I don't think he's going to sign a long-term deal with them for two, three years until Devontae and Aaron Rodgers get locked in. And then yeah, after, after this past Sunday, I don't think anyone is going to be like, Oh, I really want to play with Jordan love. And no, no shot. That. <laughs> yeah. No shot. So yeah. And I know that was an issue and I know that they offered him the league minimum just because they haven't even paid Devontae yet. It's like, what's it look like if you pay Odell a nice, a nice, uh, give him a nice contract. And then Devontae who's been there his, most of his career, is just not given that contract. So um, 
Yeah, I think it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I would love for him to go to the Packers. I think the more realistic option would probably be probably be the Patriots is another big one that was mentioned, and it was the Patriots and the Saints. But again, their quarterback situations for both of them are a little questionable. Mac Jones is probably the most solidified out of the two. But yeah, Mac. I don't know why for me, but Mac Jones and Odell. And that seems like that combination wouldn't work out so well. Because Eli Manning and Odell. Mac Jones well, like reminds me of Eli Manning in a way. I, I guess that like part of it is the report that came out that about how part of partially why the him and Baker never really meshed was uh Odell would always try to just he would kind of just go rogue and freelance his own routes. And Baker would look at him and be like, What are you doing? I don't know where you're going, so I can't. I can't throw the ball to you. Yeah, or he just or Baker would guess wrong. I don't think that that style of play, like to me, that just doesn't feel like a style of play that would mesh well with a rookie quarterback. I, I feel like that would make it harder on a rookie quarterback if he doesn't actually know where Odell is going, or if the or if they just don't gel immediately. It feels like it would be the same thing that has been happening. Oh, so you're saying you're saying that you don't like that the combination? No, I, I don't like that fit. Just gotcha. and listen, I I don't know if I don't. I'm all. This is only speculation. It doesn't seem to me though that that like him freelancing routes and uh, he sees the coverage this way, so he's going to change the route and just and, and change and go this way. That doesn't seem like something that would mesh well with a rookie quarterback yeah. who's still learning NFL coverages and still learning the, the Patriots playbook. That doesn't seem like something that would be a very good fit just for the two of them, because I feel like that would make it harder on uh, Mac Jones. He doesn't know where Odell's going. Maybe he sees the coverage differently because he's not as experienced. Uh, I, I just think that that would, that would kind of turn out the same way it's been. In yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It's a good point. Yeah. I just don't think any, he needs a quarterback that has experience like Aaron Rodgers. him and Aaron Rodgers, I think would do pretty well together. Because obviously, if Odell's going to freelance around, Aaron Rodgers is most likely seeing the defense exactly the same way that he is, if not even better. Um, so that's why I'm hopeful that he goes to the Packers, at least throughout the rest of this year. Um, but yeah, uh, do you think, in, depending on where he goes, obviously this would depend on where he goes. Say so if he goes to the Packers, what, like, what do you see his fantasy stock? Or do you think it increases? Do you think it decreases? Do you think it stays the same? Uh I, I really, there's only you can only go up for Odell with his his uh, fantasy value because he hasn't really been fantasy relevant uh, in terms of production really at all this year. I know he was hurt, but when yeah. he's been back, he's been pretty bad. Uh, my expectations are honestly they're pretty tempered though because uh, I don't I can't ever remember a receiver being traded in the middle of a season and then for the and then just going bananas for the rest of the year yeah i don't think that that really happens a whole lot i think it usually takes a year yeah that's a kind of yeah absolutely I'm, I'm thinking more if he goes to the packers that's probably the best situation for him but then again outside of uh Devontae adams there's not a whole lot of targets to go around especially when you consider that the running backs are usually pretty involved in the passing game as well uh I, I don't really know that Odell, if he went there, and that's probably the best case scenario for him. I don't know that he's real that he 
there's really enough volume to go around where he can really separate himself from uh, Lazard, uh, Marquez Scantling, or Valdez Scantling, and uh, I guess they don't have Tanya anymore, but. I mean, I think he'd have, he'd immediately be their wide receiver too. I don't see a reason for it not to be that way. Um, yeah, yeah, he should definitely be so. the wide receiver too. I just don't know that there's really as much. There's not. I don't know that there's enough volume headed his way yeah. in comparison to like Alan Lazard, where he can really do a whole lot to separate himself. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I I, I just don't think that wide receivers being traded in the middle of the season, which it doesn't happen to be fair. Ian Rappaport. Just we breaking news. Some breaking news, not fully breaking, not yet, but it's like a semi. It's like shattering news, not completely breaking. <laughs> um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is narrowing down his choices, and uh, Rappaport said that the Rams and the Packers are his two finalists. Oh, I I don't know that he can. I don't know that the Rams is a good spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you got Robert Woods, you got Cooper. Just how Cup, many got, receivers they have yeah. there? So you, I, I think uh, it's going to end up being the Packers. Uh, just yeah, I Packers are out of those two. I think the Packers are definitely your yeah. choice. So, but yeah, just got that in. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. I, I feel like the Rams. He goes to the Rams. He's just going to same situation. It's going to be the same situation. He's yeah. gonna be upset that he's not getting the ball more. Yeah. But just so many skill like good skill position players on the Rams. I think he just wants to go to a winning team. I don't know if it's as much about the targets as, as it is as much as about being in a winning environment. And while the Browns aren't doing horrible, obviously they're, they're winning ish. It's just not, I don't think it's the environment he's looking for. So we'll see. I, I think it'll be wherever he goes. I think it'll be fun to watch him. Um, but but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll we will get to see that we'll we'll have an answer. Was it uh is Odell washed or was it just the system? We should breaking have- oh there's a breaking news as of eight seconds ago. I don't know if I believe this one hundred percent. It's like the my sports update on Twitter. I usually get like a lot of their notifications. They they haven't been wrong, but it says Odell Beckham Jr. is signing with the Rams per Adam Schefter. Yeah, I don't like you got, there's just yes, so, that's what it is. There, there's just so many mouths to feed there. Cooper Cup is command yeah. double digit targets every week. Uh, you got the running backs, you got Henderson and Michelle, Robert Woods. I know Tyler Higby is not great, but he's still getting he's still there. He's targets I mean, every week. Yeah, I don't know if Van I love Jefferson. that decision. He, yeah, he Van Jefferson. Deal. There's just, I, I don't know. Like he, there's, a, I think there's a chance that he get. I know that he's better than than uh, Sean Jackson, but I, I think that there's there's a chance he might get squeezed. Just with, I, you know. I don't even know if he makes it as. Uh, it's a close call at wide receiver too, because I mean Robert Woods isn't a horrible wide receiver. See, I, I think that Robert, I would give, I would for sure give Robert Woods the nod there, just because yeah. in that offense. You also have Tutu Atwell. He's a young guy. I mean, they're, they don't use him a whole bunch, but again, young wide receiver, fast. Well, you have Van Jefferson. And yeah, I don't know. They must have promised him wide receiver too for him to actually go there and, and do it. Like there has to be something. Well, they, they go in it. They're in enough. They, they spread out enough. That yeah, just, they can support three wide receivers. The problem is that there's just like there, you got to. I will say this the Rams wide receiving core is kind of insane right now. Yeah, 
For sure. In terms of names. I, I guess I would so. say that he might take Van Jefferson's spot more yeah. than anything else. But but I think he's going to demand, not really him demand targets, but I think him being on the field will, will gain him some additional targets. I don't know if this hurts or benefits Cooper Cup because now defenses have to focus on Odell as well. So Cooper might be open a little bit more or vice versa. They're focusing. On I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I guess that's more how I feel about Odell's talent level at this point where I don't know that he's that guy anymore. That you have yeah. To. Well, like where you're doubling him all and, the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he's really, it's been a while since he's been that guy. Yeah. I get it. Like I said, I guess we'll see if it was the, if it was the Browns or if it was him, or maybe it was a little bit of both, but uh, I think we should probably have the answer to that question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. As Nick said in the group chat, I think that's enough Odell talk. <laughs> so we're going to end it off there. Breaking news just came out. So we'll see how that goes. I'll post it in the group chat right now. Get everybody else's reactions. But that being said, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? No, I already had my uh, my rant earlier. <laughs> had my team was. Uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to put more more preparation into uh, – into this into next year not not make sure i don't draft anybody and make sure i don't draft uh any mike davis clones uh yeah yeah, i hate that guy he's just yeah (laughs) he's a bum he is he is so but yeah well with that being said thank you everyone for listening into this week's episode of the podcast i really appreciate it Everyone have themselves a great weekend and enjoy Thursday night football. And Jake, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good to be back. All right. See you guys later. Peace.